Hello, I'm Paul Evans and welcome to Airing Pain, a programme brought to you by Pain Concern, the UK charity providing information and support for those of us who live with pain. This edition is made possible by Pain Concern's supporters and friends. More information on fundraising efforts is available on our Just Giving page. If you have a sick child, I think the parents have to come to terms with it because they're living with it constantly. They're usually distressed quite a lot of the time. And parents, by definition, want to make their children better and feel powerless to a certain extent with chronic pain because the paracetamol or the non-steroidals that they've been giving, which should take the pain away, don't. So they, they feel helpless and, unfortunately, there's lots of kids out there who have chronic pain whose families are going through this on a day-to-day basis. For those families who are going through this on a day-to-day basis, this edition of Airing Pain will visit two hospitals in Scotland that treat sick children. First, I went to the Royal Hospital for Sick Children in York Hill, Glasgow, where I met consultant physiotherapy manager Jean Eady and anaesthetic consultant Pamela Couples, and she explains the difference between treating adults and treating children. I think there's a lot of overlaps, but the, the big difference is that emotionally you're dealing with children who are ranging from the very young to the adolescents, and they come as a package. They're coming not only as themselves, but they are bringing their parents. And understandably, if this condition has been going on for a long time, um, the parents are very anxious and concerned about this child that they're unable to help manage their pain. And you mustn't forget that they may well be siblings who are also affected by this. So it's not only the child, but the family that are affected by the condition they're presenting with. So the impact is, 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 is on the whole family unit. I mean, it's... Without a doubt. A four-year-old child will have a seven-year-old brother, whatever. Without a doubt. And with a lot of focus being on the four-year-old child. And you have to remember that there's the siblings, whether they're younger or older, who will undoubtedly be affected by the sibling with the chronic pain. Jean, at what point do you see the children? You're a physiotherapist. Physiotherapy for children can't be the same as physiotherapy for adults, can it? No, it's absolutely totally different. It's a whole different approach altogether, as Pam said. You're really treating the whole family. You have to get trust from the child. They have to really have faith in you believe them that they've got pain because sometimes by the time we get the children they've been all round all over the place being sent from here to there nobody's giving them any answers so the first thing that I would do is reassure them we know you've got pain we're here to help and it'll take time I have to explain it all to them now some of the children I tend not to see the younger ones they have different issues than probably the most that we see are the adolescents or from sort of 10 to 14 And it's mainly girls, so for whatever reason it is, there's sometimes something else going on, which, because we work as a team with psychology, psychiatry and the anaesthetic team, it's very important that we're all sort of saying the same things to these children and gaining their trust. Do you know why it's mainly girls? There have been questions asked about hormone imbalance or it's this transition from primary into secondary school that is the most common with girls. Now, we haven't looked into it in great depth, but it's always at the back of our minds sometimes that perhaps it might be the girls aren't coming up to expectations with some of their peers. Who knows? But sometimes there are issues like that, or there may be issues at home. 
I don't know if you agree with me, Pam. What do you think? Without doubt, it's a very difficult time period, that kind of transition into puberty um, or about to kind of enter into puberty and difficult things that may be happening with a child. They may have had an injury, but there may may be things going on in school or within the family, and it manifests itself in a different way. They kind of present to kind of chronic pain clinic and... As Jean said, it's very important. It is a kind of multidisciplinary approach and we value all the input that we get from all the disciplines, so physiotherapy, psychology and psychiatry. And it is a group effort. But the most important thing is reassuring them that they are not alone and that there are lots of other kids out there who are experiencing the same problems and the same pain and that we believe them and we are going to try and help them and certainly get them on the path to recovery. Or certainly, if you know, in an ideal world, we get rid of their pain... But if we can't get rid of their pain, we give them techniques to cope with their pain better and allow them to get back into normal life and kind of stabilise life and become, you know, start socialising, getting back to school, all the things that kids of that age would normally be doing. Pamela Couples and Jean Eady at the Royal Hospital for Sick Children in York Hill, Glasgow. 50 miles to the east is the Children's Hospital in Edinburgh, where consultant anaesthetist Mary Rose runs the Chronic Pain Clinic for Children. I'll be seeing children from the age of five upwards with chronic pain. And it's it's a time of their lives when these children should be receiving schooling, should be really developing um, social relationships and things. So if uh, they have chronic pain, that can have huge impacts on on their schooling and their psychosocial development which could really impact on, on into adulthood. So this is a really crucial time to try and improve their function if, uh, if they have chronic pain and it's affecting their function. The overall treatment approach is still a multidisciplinary and sort of biopsychosocial model that we use for treating children, but just an age-appropriate model. What do you mean by biopsychosocial? The children that we see always feel that their pain will have, there may well be a biological cause, um, but there'll also be psychological and social factors that will be impacting on their pain as well. And it's also a two-way model. I think the pain itself will cause biological problems and can cause psychological and social problems for the children. So it's very much as a two-way process. Now, I'm not saying that children are more special mm. than adults, but some of the social problems you've just mentioned, the education, mm. learning to live with other people, all the learning processes through life as a child these cannot be missed can they that's right it's it's really as a one-off a one-off opportunity i think uh, for them, these children to develop these social relationships and to acquire their education that's uh, going to affect them all, all the way through adulthood i think that's why it is so important to manage these children and uh, and improve their function as it says that we can't always um, we don't expect to get their pain scores right down to a zero but uh, we do very much focus on improving their, their function Having a child in pain can be one of the most upsetting things for a parent. How do they deal with it? As you say, it's very distressing to see a child in pain. And so for the families, yeah, they, they can be angry, they can feel very frustrated that nobody's doing it. And then from the practical side of things, a child may not sleep if they're in pain, and so the child will be going in to sleep with the parents, and sometimes nobody in the house is, is getting to sleep. And the parent will end up not being able to get to work because they're tired or they're having to stay at home to look after the child. Um, so it just has a massive, massive impact on the And I suppose it's, you could lose confidence as a parent. Do I rush my child into A&E 
or do I just stay home? Do I have the confidence that, that they're okay? What advice would you give to parents? Um, it, yeah, it is hard for the parents. I think we'd, we'd start off by giving them an explanation of why the child has the pain and then give them advice on how they should manage the child, which will often include, yes, acknowledging that the child is in pain, but then trying to move on and that's distracting the child and trying to carry on with life rather than everything going on hold because the child has pain. How do you talk to children or adolescents about pain? Because as an adult, I might be able to communicate with you much better about what I'm feeling, how I'm hurting, how it's impacting on me. But the child might not be able to communicate the same way. I agree. It's very difficult for very young children to put into words what pain feels like. And when we get a referral to the chronic pain clinic, we actually send them out a pain questionnaire, which gives us a lot of background information about who they are, who's in the family group, so brothers, sisters, mums and dads. And then there's a page where there are a lot of words that we would use to describe pain, varying from throbbing, stabbing, aching, and they have to circle the words that best describe their pain and they then have to choose three words that they can whittle down to being the words that describe their pain best. And that's a very useful tool for us because it allows us to to try and get that description of pain which is much easier in adults but very difficult in children. Do children understand everything you're talking about? I'm sure they don't, don't, but I think we're very aware that you're dealing with a range of children or a, a, an age range of children and you have to be age appropriate. And so the terminology that you use to a 14-year-old is very different to the terminology that you would use for a 6- or 7-year-old. So you try and you know, use words that they understand. It's important that they do understand what you're talking about. Obviously, the dialogue you have with the parents is very different, but it's important that the, the child understands why they're there, what you're trying to do for them, and get a sense of ownership. Give me an example. How would your language change talking to a five-year-old as opposed to talking to a 55-year-old? It would be different for me in that it would be a treatment or whatever I was doing with them would be more play. Just playing with toys, watching them, observing them, seeing what they're doing, and just talking to them as you would to any child about what they've been doing, what they like, and what did you have for your tea, and just normal chit-chat. So you wouldn't be asking them adult things about anything. It's just more play and just normal things that you would talk to a child. When they get to teenage sort of things, it's more on a social level about what they like to do again in different ways, but it's just a sort of wide spectrum of stuff that you do discuss with children. And you have to see what responses you're getting from the child because if they don't want to talk to you then they won't and if they're in the half fine but you can't keep push push pushing them they're in a very strange situation and in hospital and you know a lot of strange people asking them questions to take their clothes off and all the rest of it you know so you have to be quite sensitive to their feelings and their needs as well and if the responses you get from a child are just horrendous you may as well just stop go away come back another day do you find that teenagers are difficult to work with? I think they either love their physio or they hate them. And th- to be honest, there's not really much happy medium there. And it's very difficult because sometimes you have to say to them, now, look, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable. We try and relieve the pain, obviously. But we have to explain that it, it will be uncomfortable, you will be a bit painful, but that's the way you're going to get better. 
and in the main they come round. But you do get the occasional one that's quite difficult. So um, but there haven't been many failures. So at the end of the day, when you finish the course of treatment, what is your ideal outcome? That they just go back to normal life. I mean, that's the bottom line. Consultant physiotherapy manager Jean Eady at the Royal Hospital for Sick Children in Glasgow. Sam Mason suffered a burst appendix when he was eight. It left him with chronic pain, for which he's been attending the Chronic Pain Clinic for Children in Edinburgh for the last five years. Christine Johnson went to meet him and his mum, Lynn. She started by asking him whether it was difficult to describe his pain to the doctors. Well, at the beginning it was, but eventually, like, through time I developed a way of saying it. It was like, you know, if it was sharp pains or achy pains, and a scale that we used, which was like 1 to 10, the smiley faces and that. You know when you have a cough or something and it's just a little tickle in your throat and there's, it starts to hurt a little bit? That's kind of the one. And it goes through a scale and like 5 is when you're... You're starting to feel upset and something. Ten is when you're crying in agony. And the majority of the time I was around about seven or an eight. And I'd heard a little girl in the next bed to me when we were in a ward. And she had said, oh, I feel ten, but she was actually a four. And the thing was, I think it was, it's a good thing. But I think sometimes kids can get confused with it. I, I like, heard from just sitting in the bed, just hearing things. And I just, I just wondered why that was. And the next day, a plain nurse came along. I think that's what they were. They helped you. And that she explained to them what the system was and how it worked. And I think if just all the kids had had that, they would understand it and it give them much better understanding because then that, I noticed because there was a boy over from me who wasn't feeling that well either. And he had this system explained to him and they can actually deal with him in the right way, I think, because he felt better after a couple of days. And I was in. I just thought it was good that they had that, you know, wrote off. The other thing was because Samuel looked quite well but he didn't think people believed him. And sometimes I'd think, oh, come on, it can't be that bad. So it's very difficult. I think the more you live with it, you actually see the effects it has, the knock-on effect it has on his life. And, you know, you realise that a lot of it can be psychological too with the pain, but, you know, he couldn't do a lot of things that he would have been able to before. So I think as a family, it has a big impact on everyone, you know, and what we, what we used to do at weekends, depending on how Samuel was feeling as well. I think it had a big knock-on effect for my sister, though, because she wasn't having a fun brother would always do things with her. So she always kind of she was quite upset a lot of the time if I had to spend, say, when I came home from school, I would be in my bed just until after tea time I could actually do something at all. So is she older or younger than you? She's younger than me. She turned 10 just June, so it was really hard for her because she was, when I first started, she was about, what, 7 or something? So she had that, that kind of age that they always wanted to play and never really wanted to rest. So it was always hard for me to actually say no, because I wanted to, but I know if I did, I wouldn't be able to do anything the next day. You know these kind of rip-apart Barbie dolls that you have? I think at one point I got so hard to tell her that what was wrong, that I'd just tell, I'd, I'd show her here like what pain I'd felt, and I used a red marker pen to show her how bad the pain was, and she'd ask me how bad it was, and we'd have like a colour scheme and stuff like that. Sam Mason. Whilst many of the same drugs are used to treat children as adults with chronic pain, of course, in an age and weight-appropriate way, consultant anaesthetist Mary Rose points out that the use of medication is just one part of the treatment. In addition to medication, we'll, we also use TENS machines and ENM machines and uh, we use acupuncture as well, which surprises some people <laughs> that the children will, will accept it. But um, the majority of children, again, once we've discussed it with them, shown them the acupuncture needles, um, 
are, are happy to undergo the treatment. Do they respond well to it? Some children do, yep. Um, I tend to use it for children with headaches or children with musculoskeletal back pain. It be quite effective there. Um, when they have acupuncture, one of our specialist nurses um, does the treatments and she'll certainly initially do a weekly course for, for six weeks. And I think the children enjoy very much meeting with Mandy every week as well, which <laughs> is one of the reasons why it helps. Meeting with Mandy, who's going to stick needles in your back? <laughs> Mandy, she's very, she's a lovely, very warm, friendly person who's very gets on very well with the children, and uh, so they enjoy coming to <laughs> to chat with her. So Christine Johnson's off to see Mandy. That's Mandy Sim, one of the pain nurse specialists at the Sick Children's Hospital in Edinburgh. And she's been treating Sam with acupuncture. A normal sessions would be, I would do a course of six appointments where I would see them every week for six weeks. Usually you will start getting an effect about the second or the third treatment. And ideally what we're looking for is that the effect is sustained longer after each appointment. So then hopefully by we get to session six, you know, they've got a good sustained effect from their acupuncture and then we'll bring them back for top-up appointments as and when required thereafter. First appointment, I might only stick in one or two needles, depending on what the child's able to cope with, um, and then building up from there. Obviously, where the needles goes in depends on where the child has got pain. Needles are usually left in for approximately 20 minutes. When you put the needles in, sometimes you can feel a lot of, well, it's called chi, like it is the bad energy that comes out. Um, so you can feel like the flaring and the redness that becomes itchy. When I had a lot of pain, that would happen like, all the time. But now it's it's just like a reliever from any extra pain that you've had on for the past two to three weeks. How long from when you started the treatment do you think it was until you started to maybe feel a bit better, you could feel it working? Personally, I think it took three sessions at least to get mm-hmm. an effect of it because it just took a while to build up, you know, having that no pain. But I think the first time I thought, this is just so why they're doing this to me. So so it did take a while to kind of get me into the way of thinking that it is going to help you. With chronic pain for children, and probably for adults as well, a lot of the time we're not looking at high pain scores or getting somebody down to having no pain because that's just not practical. And what we try to look at is level of function. Are they getting to sleep? Are they get, getting into school? Are they able to socialise with their friends and do normal things for their age group and normal family things? So that's what our aims are within the chronic pain clinic, to give the child their life back. The first time he had it, he got in the car and just instantly started yawning and very tired and, and Mandy had said he would be very thirsty. So we had juice and he finished all the juice and we had to stop and get more. So he was very thirsty, got him home that night, managed to get to to sleep quite quickly, which he hadn't been able to do. And I checked on him and he hadn't moved at all in the bed. And so he got a really good sleep. That was the first time having done it. So after that, I I was very keen for him to carry on because it was obviously quite, not that he maybe felt it from the pain, but from the general problems with the sleeping, getting to sleep at night, it worked quite instantly. And he never moved. He's a real mover in the bed. You can hear him. Um, and he had, didn't move. And I went up in the morning to wake him from school. And he was exactly the same position, which it's not other, other days he's not had the acupuncture. So it was very interesting from that point of view. And he woke up a much better colour in the morning because he'd got to sleep earlier. 
but also it had obviously done something to whatever was going on in his body as well, yes. I think that's what it was the three weeks they took, because the three weeks I would notice in myself that I actually realised, wow, I've had a really good sleep, I can do more. So it started to build up my normal schedule I would get back into for doing more because of that function. There's a lot of children who maybe they've had chronic back pain in the past and they're now able to start going back to dancing classes that they've maybe done before, participate in, in sport that they've not been able to do for a while. We've had um, some teenage girls that's been able to go out and get themselves a part-time Saturday job. So as a teenager, you don't want to be different from your yeah. peer group and you don't want to be taking medication where it's obvious at school that you're going down to the sick room at lunchtime to take mm-hmm. medication. So if it's something that's not making you stand out from your peer group, it's really useful. The biggest difference I've noticed is that when I days I have PE at school, I'm not having like it's mainly my back I think I get the pain in and that's where we do, you normally do most of the acupuncture and it's just been much easier to do the PE instead of I have to say can I, can I not do this one just because of the pain in my back and I can also come home and then do something else and not just have to come home and rest because of the pain that I have had to deal with all day. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to say one more thing though, it's about primary school and just in general because when I went back it was really hard to get back into doing anything and there was a lot of challenges I felt I had to overcome, which was actually get past everyone asking me how I was every single day. When I couldn't sit down in a proper chair, I had to have a cushion or something. And people weren't happy with that, and so it caused riots in the class just about, because they weren't happy with me being the only one with the cushion on the chair. And so they'd fight over who got the spare cushion that was in the classroom. And so we'd have this fight, and then that was just... I felt that that was kind of my fault. I was like, well, I can't help that because I have to do this or I can't sit down. And then there was just a few teachers that weren't really... Well, yeah, but Mandy started there. When Mandy came in and had a little, not a little talk, but she did a little presentation, kind of. And when she was saying things, we kind of did it in a way so nobody knew that I knew Mandy. And so when she was talking about this pain machine that I had at once that vibrates and that, and that a lot of people were pointing out that I'd had that, and that kind of that kind of made them more interested and rather not jealous that I had all these special things and more interested and then they realised how much pain I was actually in and I think that kind of helped them all to realise. It kind of gave me my life back in that sense because I could do everything with my friends and everything. We'd be lost without it, wouldn't we, actually? Acupuncture's yeah. been a good thing. that you, As a parent, you don't feel like I'm putting any more drugs into my child, which do help to a certain degree, but it's good to have something that is drug-free and that Samuel instantly can get some relief and good sleep from. Are there any other therapies you found particularly useful? Well, there was one that we got introduced to because I was having trouble getting to sleep in particular and it was a psychologist that gave me techniques like breathing in and having to fill up a balloon. You would imagine that you were filling up a balloon and eventually a balloon would burst and that would be you relaxed. And she was also very helpful because she would also help my my mum, she tend to have, no offence, crying fits because <laughs> pain got stressful at times and well the lady Katie that helped us, she always used to have tissues in the room because it would count <laughs> eventually when we get our countdown we could give everyone else techniques to calm down as well. But Katie's were helpful as well because at the time I was in a kind of a Star Trek phase and so we made up our own technique as to like when you're calming down, you're like the commander of the bridge and you would go and you would say, like, well, we've got to drop off the cargo and that would your cargo would be your stress and everything that would build up and the pain that would go and then 
you could just, you know, put the ship into light speed and you could go to sleep. And I, I went to a group once that um, it was a group of people. There was one that was 18, one that was 16, me when I was 11, another one was 14, and another, there was another 17 year old. It was a workshop, wasn't it? It was a workshop. And it was someone that would teach you more wider variety of techniques. Mm-hmm. And uh, we made a, it was a happy box. And you would put things that would make you happy in there. And so we put in all the techniques that Katie had given us, because she gave us a big folder, so we'd never forget them. I could always read over them on how to keep yourself calm. Got that, and I put a few other things like my pictures, like, yeah, happy times that I would have with the family and everything, and what and some things that I would want to get back to. And I used to always have a bar of chocolate in there, so when I, when I was feeling a bit down, I could have some chocolate and read over these things and make you happier. And we also made a, a pillow that you had all your happy things on and I, I put some lavender scent on it so it calmed me down before going to bed as well. Was it helpful doing it as a group and meeting other people and seeing how they... Yeah, it was actually because it was the 18-year-old boy, he was saying that a lot of the time he just feels like crying but he could never really cry, his eyes would just water up and that, he found that very hard as a teenager because he liked to play music and you know, music is in you're supposed to be, he would say, a tough man but mm. he, a lot of the time with his pain he felt that he just couldn't, he couldn't cry because his family would then think other things and he wouldn't be happy with that but I think this workshop taught him just to be comfortable in himself as well so that he could actually be himself and just if he had pain then talk to his family about it and after a couple of these sessions he came back and he noticed a real difference with his, I think it was his dad especially, his dad had been struggling to cope with you know macho man he said his dad was, that he'd struggled to cope with the fact that his son was wanting to cry because he was in so much pain by the time he left he was just much happier and wasn't, wasn't as dim as gloom. Sam Mason with a refreshing lack of doom and gloom, just what the doctor ordered. Now, every week I issue these words of caution, that whilst we believe the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate and sound based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you and your circumstances and therefore the appropriate action to take on your behalf. But what should parents do if they're convinced that their child is in pain, but feel they're being ignored? Mary Rose again. That's a difficult situation. Um, the way the, the health service is set up in the UK, it's very much a case of having to go through your GP and be referred to a consultant. I think they would just have to be persistent um, just and just be a nuisance to, to the health services. I mean, not necessarily asking for more investigations, but the child has a right to have pain management. But they need to be mm. confident. Well, I use the word pushy. You use the word persistent. They might be different, <laughs> but they have to stick by their guns. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. If it were my child, yeah, of course I would be persistent. And yes, you may be perceived as being pushy or difficult, but you have to do what you feel is best for your child. But keep at it. And keep at it, yes. Yeah. And there are contacts, I mean, such as, as the British Pain Society, um, if you feel your child has a chronic pain syndrome, they may have looked on the internet and uh, feel your child has a complex regional pain syndrome or something, there are contacts with the British Pain Society who would be able to put you in contact with, with a pain specialist that you could then ask to be referred to. But? If we had a magic bullet or a magic wand, we would use it in clinic, but we have to explain that many of the things that we do in, in chronic pain take a long time to develop their effects, that it's not like an adult who has a headache and may have, takes a paracetamol for it and 20 minutes later the head pain, pain's gone. Chronic pain's very different and it can take a couple of weeks before you get 
a feel for whether the medication that you've started is going to be effective or the whether the TENS machine is going to be useful or, or whether the acupuncture course is, is going to be the solution to the problem. So it's managing their expectations and making sure that you reassure them, that you believe them, that you have lots of other specialists to help in the management of their pain, help them deal with the pain, and that over a period of time we will either hopefully get rid of the pain completely, and as Jean said quite rightly, our ultimate goal is a pain-free child who is back to school and not missing chunks of school, which we see quite often in chronic pain, and who is socialising normally and developing normally. Sometimes we don't get rid of the pain completely, but if we are able to get that child back to school and functioning normally and give them techniques where they are able to cope with their pain better, then that is still a kind of win in our book. That was Pamela Couples, anaesthetic consultant at the Royal Hospital for Sick Children in York Hill, Glasgow. Now, don't forget that you can still download all the previous editions of Air in Pain from painconcern.org.uk and you can obtain CD copies direct from Pain Concern. If you'd like to put a question to our panel of experts or just make a comment about these programmes, then please do via our blog, message board, email, Facebook, Twitter and, of course, pen and paper. The contact details are at the Pain Concern website. Once again, that's painconcern, one word, painconcern.org.uk. The final encouraging word to consultant anaesthetist Mary Rose, who runs the Chronic Pain Clinic at the Children's Hospital in Edinburgh. Children have remarkable powers of recovery and I'm optimistic that if we can manage them that they will learn to, even if we can't completely get rid of their pain, they will be able to live with their pain and acquire their schooling and get out, get those social contacts. And also another key message would be that the management of chronic pain, it it is very multidisciplinary. I think drugs are only one very small part, even though I'm an anaesthetist and drugs is what I do best. (laughs) I recognise that that drugs are actually only a tiny part of getting the children better. The psychology and sort of physiotherapy, physical approaches as well that are really important in getting children with chronic pain better.